October? Goodness. It's Thursday, November 9th. Uh, I was coming in like really clear-headed and refreshed tonight. Like I just got a water for this episode. We're recording a little earlier than normal. I like our topics tonight. Everything was looking good. I was about to say like we're going to hit the ground running and then I just drop an October on you. I'm sorry. How are you this evening? Pretty good. Uh, definitely caught off guard by that. Uh, that That's something I would pull. That's a, that's a Carter move right there. But uh you know get out your system you're all right you, you, i will say this in our initial like little pre-recording talks you do seem very refreshed and i love the topics as well so i'm very excited for this episode thank you yeah this should be uh i think really fun i think uh maybe a little like hey sleepers no ball episode potentially but we did work in a little of our like I don't know, just our classic little games. I'm surprising you with the third topic that I'm really excited about. We're going to talk your team and, more importantly, your coach's comments uh, in topic number two. And Florida Atlantic looks for real. That was the big game tonight, them Loyola. So we'll lead the show with that. But uh, first, Cart, there's been a lot of discussion, my friend. I don't know if you know this. I'm Actually, I do know that you know this. It's all we talked about today <laughs> in the Discord. Uh, we, we might tweak the format of the show a little bit. We've been kind of having some issues where – uh, members of our Discord, beloved members of our community, brought feedback to us. And when they bring feedback to us, we listen. And the feedback was like, we don't want to hear you guys just react to games. We don't need like 25 seconds of like, oh, Jacoby Walter looks pretty good. Like, oh, wait, I'm, am I going to lose my bet? Like, that's a bad listen. Hand up. Totally agree. Uh, also, that's going to be a really difficult part of this, though, because we record at night and there's basketball games every night. So, Got to kind of compromise somewhere, and literally as I speak about not reacting, Carter is now reacting to something. So don't react. I'm literally not going to let you talk about it because our listeners told us they don't want this to happen. And if you're watching no. the YouTube video, five seconds into a rant about me saying don't let it happen, you're about to roll over on the ground and sidetrack us. No, that's the vibe. I'll do it non-verbally so that my words won't interrupt anything. Ridiculous, ridiculous. Anyways, we're, we're trying, okay? The point is it's going to be hard. So I propose some rule changes to these episodes, some format changes that could maybe make this easier. One of which being we should just get right into the show with uh, maybe only doing comments a couple days a week. I still want to read everybody's comments every time. You counter propose to me that we hold ourselves to one sentence each for every comment. Uh, you actually said two sentences, but I just changed the rule already to one sentence. Do you, do you think that would work? Yes, I do. I think it would help too. Okay, well, why don't we give that a shot today? So we'll open the show with comments. We still want a lot of comments from the Discord, and uh, we'll just hold ourselves to answering with one sentence answers so that we can actually get to the show and hopefully not overreact as much when we watch the games. Uh, Carter, though, important note, we need your YouTube comment of the day today, and we get to respond to your YouTube comment of the day longer than one sentence. We do? Yes. Okay, let me see here. Uh, shout out to Mr... Andy Randy for commenting multiple times MSU 0-1 with a bunch of laughing emojis on all separate videos too. Uh, mm-hmm. I, just so you know, I um, I did see them all. Uh, the comment I'm going to pick out is from our Big Time Basketball Tears uh, video. It comes from Sniper Frog. He said, your analysis is extremely lazy. Clearly just going off box scores and not watching all the games. Last time watching you guys, good luck. You're going to need it with a laughing emoji. Well, thank you for the comment on the way out. Um, I will say this. 
you can disagree. You can agree with our takes. Our takes are not lazy. That is not what we do. That is not our podcast brand. That's not our brand as people. We're hard workers. We're blue collar podcast. So if it, even if it's like just watching the Matthew loves ball video, like we are going to come with, you know, we're going to, we're going to do our research and do our homework and, you know, watch games and watch as many as we can. So Give us a little bit of credit, all right? Um, if you stuck around a little bit while longer, I think you would eventually come around and be like, hey, maybe these guys do know a little bit of ball. So sad to see you go, but thank you for the last comment. Hopefully that does good for analytics. <laughs> no, this is a, a really good episode. I'm excited. I, I'm rejuvenated by that comment because I I think this is a sleepers ball nolly episode. Every once in a while we get one of those, and uh, I'm excited that tonight could maybe be the night. Maybe we could swing some other people who are on the fence listening to us of do these guys know ball or not? Are they box score watchers or not? Also, just want to come out definitively and say, uh, I don't like the term box score watcher. I think there's been a lot of that thrown around lately from people I love and respect the ball nolly of and people that are just people I don't even know. I don't think there's a negative connotation to that, in my opinion, because I don't think it's mutually exclusive to watch basketball with your eyes and also be a box score watcher. Like I, I maybe this is the coach in me. Box score is critically important to how I analyze basketball. I can coach a half and think I'm seeing everything. And then an assistant hands me my box score. And I'm like, wait a second, we're getting wrecked in this area of the game. I need to make strategic tweaks to do it. So it, you can do both though. Like I watched every second of the Indiana game and the Purdue game yesterday or two days, however many days ago it was. And I came away with takeaways that I then compared to the box score to drive my analysis. That's what I do. That's not, I, there's no negative kind of like, Ooh, box score watcher. Like, yeah, I do look at box scores. They matter to me. I just can't find them because they're hard to find. <laughs> They're actually really easy to find. If there's one thing that I'm really good at, it's finding a good box score. This is why we compliment each other so well, Carter. I, I truly love it. I can tell this episode's going to be fantastic for Sleepers Chemistry. Uh, all right, let's go over to our Discord where we're going to hold ourselves to the rule of one sentence answers at most. Uh, we have one comment today, maybe two comments today. This is lovely from Malik Perry. He says, great episode, Greg. Drink more on episodes. Carter went into the trap willingly. Michigan looks good. What would restore some faith in MSU with its next game? A win and the guards playing well. That's showing up. That's my answer. Guy has the final comment of the day. He says, sleepers, haven't the graphics been incredible today? Yes, they have, Guy. Guy, you did a great job today. It was fun. Uh, okay, there's our comments for the day. Great job, comment section. Uh, with that said, seriously, we don't want to discourage comments. So please keep commenting, especially uh, to our Discord members who are a valued part of all of this. We don't want to completely shut this down. Uh, we're just going to try to keep it moving, moving so that the product of the show itself ends up good. With that said, Carter... Uh, if you want to join the Discord, you know where the link is. It's in the description of every video that we do. Let's get to the show, our new first topic tonight. This is going to be just a running first topic on nights that we don't have a lot of comments. What'd you see tonight? A lot of different things you could have seen tonight. What jumped out at you? What do you want to talk about? Where do you want to start the show? Mm. Okay, so we did talk about topics that we want to talk about. Could that be part of the things that I'd like to talk about tonight? Like I... I'd love to jump into the Loyola and the Florida Atlantic game. Here's what I'm going to tell you is the rule on this. We, uh, mm -hmm. 
We are going to do Florida Atlantic and Loyola in depth. So don't go there. We are going to do Michigan State tomorrow in depth. So don't go there. And I have like a generic game that involves 10 different programs. So and basically any result that happened tonight that's not Florida Atlantic and Loyola is fair game to discuss in this portion of the show. Hmm. Oh, wow. They, I, I love the uh, the broad net that you got that you cast with that uh, for all the idiom folks out there in our discord channel. That's the correct one. Uh, mark that up. Hmm. The one thing I'd like to talk about, uh, even though it's not a result, I would like to send a quick shout and just say this personally. I enjoyed the uh, the Barstool broadcast. I thought it was entertaining and fun. I know a lot of people maybe didn't like it. I don't know if it's like I, it, for some reason to me it has shifted from like it being kind of cool to hate that stuff if or thinking that liking that means you don't know ball or you don't enjoy basketball no it's just it's it's something different it's entertaining and i commend them for doing it and honestly i i got like big dreams and things like that if one day sleepers could get to a point where we're big enough where we could put on an event like that and have teams play at it i think like we would crush it and i think it'd be a lot of fun so I just want to get my point out about that. I think that's the one takeaway I I, I want to get like out there. I was going to ask you if you liked that or not, because it seemed pretty divisive between uh, circles of, I don't know, basketball media people that we are in. I'm with you. I thought it was a refreshing spin on watching a game. I wouldn't want to watch every single game like that, but yeah. I think uh, if they were doing one a week, I would probably look forward to it. It's kind of like the Manning cast to me. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't want the Manning cast every game, even though I think that's a more educational watch, but I don't know. It, it, I didn't mind it. You got to realize with them, like the goal is not to give serious basketball analysis. And if you want that, of course, that's, there's nothing wrong with that as a college basketball fan, you should want that. But like, it, you can't act like they're screwing up doing their bits in the middle of the broadcast. And I feel like a lot of the group chats that we were in or just people discussing it, that kind of either went over people's heads or that was the criticism. It's just like the, the, like these guys keep messing up. Like, Oh, he just, he said something happened and said it was good when it wasn't good. It's like, that's, that's the whole shtick of this. These guys are supposed to be comedians and entertaining and they're pretty damn good at it. Even if you're not a barstool guy, that's fine. I don't consider myself like a huge barstool fan, but I keep up with what they do in content because they do it really well and they're successful with it. So, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I I thought it was a fun thing. Don't want it every time, but I'm glad you brought that up because uh, it was a, a huge portion of tonight's entertainment. There were no other good games on. Everybody's tuned into these Barstool games. So mm-hmm. I do wish they would have mic'd up Drew, though. We're going to talk Florida Atlantic and Loyola in a moment. But, like, they they mic'd up assistant coach. They didn't mic up Drew. That made me sad. Yeah, definitely. They 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 should have took the, uh, the exhibition game model. Like, we should have got a head coach. A player like they could have they could have stole that a little bit. I kind of enjoyed that during the exhibition games. Do you think that Drew was asked and turned that down? I don't think they asked the head coaches. I, I truly don't think they did. But Dusty May did one out of halftime. Did he? I must have yeah. missed that actually. Then it was just out of the tunnel. But Dusty May was interviewed right out of halftime. Yeah, uh, he must have turned it down then. Mm, yeah, that's but. That doesn't seem like a Drew move. I mean, I don't, I, I wouldn't assume that Drew's a barstool guy, but he's very much a like whatever's best for my media guy, you know? 
Yeah, but also not surprised that Barstool picked the person they did to talk to. <laughs> you are correct there. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, let's pivot to one of my things from tonight that I really want to talk about. Judah Mintz is really good. He's really good. He's really, really good. Uh, 26 points, four assists, three rebounds tonight. Oh, no, I'm box score reading, aren't I? That's a horrible way to start a segment. Uh, I did watch half of this game, not all of this game, but I was tuned in trying to see if my daily picks was going to hit. Syracuse, not a good second-half team. That's my take right now. They, uh, they've they come out to very large leads in both of their games thus far this season, and then they're like cleanly covering, and then they just blow it late. There was a backdoor cover here with a meaningless dunk with seven seconds left that blew the Syracuse mm. cover again. But, man, Mintz is great. Like, he was quiet in the first half. He was kind of just like taking what came to him and being chill about it. I think he had like five or seven points or something. And then to start the second half, he just took the game over. Like, he just grabbed the game with his hands and was scoring at all three levels and said, like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I'm the best player here. I can do whatever I want. Like, he can get to the rim at ease. He can pull up on a dime. Um, Like, I think the ceiling is immensely high with him. And I know I picked him as ACC player of the year. I feel fantastic about that. I know Flip went crazy for Duke in game one. And Syracuse needs to be good enough that Mintz matters. That's my hope. Because I can see the Syracuse team kind of just, like, hovering around 500 in the ACC and nobody cares. But if they get to a point where there's pressure games and the ball's in Judah Mintz's hands, I'm buying a lot of Syracuse stock because I think he could be, if not the best guard in the country, like the best scoring player in the country. Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, honestly, the first thought that came to my head when I, because I just saw the, uh, I saw like 10 minutes of the Matthew Loves ball. I didn't get to watch the full thing because we had to get on here and record. But it had me thinking to myself, wouldn't it have been kind of fun if Judah Mintz went portaling this summer? Ah, uh, where I, though? Like where? I, I'm not sure where, but like in my head, and I'm workshopping this still, so this this is still a work in progress. But like, you know, like what Isaiah Wong was at, at for Miami in the ACC? Okay. Like, yeah. couldn't Judah Mintz kind of be that? And like, you give him Norchad O'Meara and you give him Nigel Pack and the Wooga Poplars and the... Jordan Miller's like, doesn't that team look really good? Or honestly, even Syracuse themselves as a team, I don't know. Like maybe they do more in the portal. I'm not sure how their NIL situation necessarily works out. But like, if you have Judah Mintz, can't you get guys to come play with him and play around him? It's not like he's a just complete gun or like a player that I don't think doesn't make players around him better. I'm not saying that he's a extraordinary passer by any means, but he's also not just a chucker. Like he will make the right play. I don't know. It just, I, I just hate that I think Judah's going to have a really good year and it's it's going to mean absolutely nothing because I don't see it with the rest of the Syracuse team. I see it with J.J. Starling. Um, oh, yeah, but but that's it, though. But that can't that be enough in the ACC? Yeah, I'm with you. I don't like the wings. I think the front court's really weak for a Syracuse front court, but, like... You think it can in the ACC? I do. I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. We're going to talk our conference later in the show as part of my game, like... There's a lot of bad basketball teams at the high major level in some of these conferences. Like, mm-hmm. I really don't think you need anything crazy to win a lot of ACC games. I think you just need Judah Mintz, uh, an NBA guard, and a good running mate. Like, J.J. Starling, to me, is a good running mate. Um, mm-hmm. He didn't shoot the ball great tonight. I think he will in the future. Uh, it, he had 17-7-7 seven seven tonight. 
is what JJ Starling did not to go back to the box score, but like, even if he's not shooting the ball well from three, he's 0 for 6 on the season now. He's affecting the game in a really positive way elsewhere. So I don't know, man. I just think, like, unless we get, like, Syracuse USC in the tournament, what two guards are you taking over Starling and <laughs> Judah Mintz? Like, nobody? I'm not, but then now now I'm now I'm, brain, I'm brainstorming some other things. I want... I want Syracuse versus Northwestern in the playing game of the tournament. And I want JJ and Judah versus Budarius and Brooks Barnheiser. I don't want Boo to go out like that. I'll say that right now. Boo ain't go- I'll tell you right now, Boo's not going out in that game. Boo can't beat Judah. He can't. He would need to be Buddha. That's what you think. I think it would, I think you forgot about Boo Darius. I would never forget about Boo. Come on, okay. I'm just making sure about Boo. I'm just making uh, sure. There, there's one other performance I want to talk about tonight in our quick little wrap around, uh, if you don't mind. Unless you have anything else, I want to. We can go back and forth here if you have anything else. But if not, no, please, please, please. Did you see what Tucker DeVries did tonight? I did not. No. Permission to box score read, please. Thirty-six points, six assists, Ooh. five rebounds. He was three for eight from three. He was nine for 12 from free throw. Drake beat Lipscomb 85 to 70. Uh, they were down four at halftime of this game. So this was not just like a cupcake blow by win. This was like Tucker DeVries had to just go Superman mode to, to <laughs> create some separation here. And he did. Uh, I will say, I Pete, this should come as no surprise. I don't like have a passion for mid-major basketball. Uh, I obviously gravitate towards watching the high majors. I do feel like I, I pay attention enough to mid-major to know what's going on. And uh, I always fall in love with the team somewhere along the way, but I am starting to do a little freelance work for uh, Brian Burton, the wonderful Brian Burton, who is working with Sean Paul on the field of 68 mid-major show. And I'm kind of helping them coordinate some things and grow the socials and all that. And uh, it's made me, get a much stronger pulse on mid-major basketball in just like a week of doing this. Like I'm just that's starting kinda, to. Uh, that's a little scary. That's, that's, a, that's a scary thought, honestly. Yeah. I'm, I'm just starting to pay attention a little more. And uh, mm. from one week of paying attention, Tucker DeVries is a bad man. That's, that's yeah. all I have for you on that. Yeah. We, we knew that though. I mean, you got to go back to, I mean, Tucker DeVries has been there for a minute. So like, as you know, this is a Loyola podcast. We've been watching him when they used to go with the battles back in the Missouri Valley Conference during the season in the tournament. They've always been good. Uh, and Tucker DeVries has just always been just a killer for that team. Um, I still got beef with Drake because I don't know his name, but I was like big on Drake making a run in a tournament. And they had some guy, he was number three, absolutely killed us during the tournament, losing a game. And I haven't been able to fully get back in. If he's gone... I'll get back in on Drake, but he hurt me too much. And I don't want to open that, that wound again. So if I can make sure that he's gone, I will tap in because Tucker DeVries is a killer. And uh, yeah, he's a bad man for sure. It wasn't Roman Penn. He's not number three. No, no, it was not Roman Penn. I love Roman Penn. It's Garrett Sturts. Yes. Is he still there? Oh, he's still there, Cart. Oh, gosh. Wait, is he still there? man. He can't still be there. There's There's no no way. way. No, this was last year. I'm looking at last year's numbers. He's not there. Okay. All Unless right. he has a sixth year. Which he I, might. I don't think he has a sixth year. 
Uh, I didn't notice him for what it's worth. I did flip on the game a little bit. I did not notice him today. So, okay. Uh, all right. Yeah. That that's my mid-major minute from Greg Waddell, Tucker DeVries. <laughs> there we are. Okay. That felt kind of good, right? New, new yeah. to the show. That felt kind of good. Yeah, it did. I think we need to work that in more. Uh, obviously we're heavy big 10 just because of our location and our alliances to our team, but like, never ever let it get lost in translation that we only watch the big 10. Let's just let that, let's let that be known. Did you just kill your breakfast bit, by the way? Hmm. Like your breakfast bit seems to have gone and died. Did that just like, what's up with that? Well, like we switched to nights and I've kind of just like made it a drink bit at this point. Um, I do have a beverage made for this episode. If, if that's, if that's something that everyone's interested in. Well, you don't seem very interested in showing it to us, which just seems unlike you. Um, I don't know, man. Maybe your team really has like stolen your soul and stolen your identity as a person. What do you got there? Uh, I got a Makers and ginger ale. You ever had one of those? I've never had ginger ale. <laughs> what? Is this one of those things that people are going to get on me for and be like, yes, it's, it's yes, you're going to get you're going to get eaten. You've never had ginger ale. It's ginger ale. It's also 2023. 2024. What year is it? Right, I'll let I'll let it, uh, it's 2023. I'll let everybody else take care of you. You're, this this is going this this one's going to go down in the comments and the discord once this is once this is once this is discovered. In what setting are you actually eating ginger ale these days? Like eating drink, drinking i'm drinking? sorry drinking like what's like what are what are you sitting down to have have for a nightly feast and oh i need a bottle of ginger ale i mean have you never like heard i mean it's a michigan thing for sure like you've never been sick and like you have ginger ale and soup and crackers like when you're sick i mean i've heard of like using verners in a fashion like that but like yeah or like honestly anytime i'm on a plane i love getting a nice cup of ginger ale Here's my thing. I think you'll actually respect this for me. When you're sick, unless you're like actually like diagnosed with a medical condition, obviously there's sick people out there and I'm praying for them. But like when you're sick, are you really sick? Like are, you, are you saying are you saying like a cold is mental? Isn't just sick something you can kind of power through sometimes? Like I'm I'm never like, oh, I got a sore throat or I got like I'm really congested or sniffles. I'm sick. I'm just like, I got this symptom and I'm powering through. Like, I don't need a glass of ginger ale to get me to my afternoon because my throat hurts a little. I mean, yeah, maybe. You, I mean, everyone has their vices. Like, if some people want a ginger ale. Instead of ginger ale, you bring a tub of Vicks vapor rub. I don't love Vicks either. It makes my chest. I've, I, I have personally seen you go through a tub of Vicks in one day. That's not true. In Nebraska That's on College Hoops to Go. I had a tub of Vicks. I did not bring Vicks with us to Nebraska. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I didn't. That's just that's so, how could I even make that up? That's so oddly Pacific. How could I make that up? It's specific. <laughs> I swear. Oh, this sorry. Oddly specific. Like, how could I make that up? I don't know, but you are because I don't have a tub of Vicks. <laughs> Again, this is you. Are you gallivanting around the country with a different mediocre white man? I'm no, sad about it. No. All right. Well, I might need to get uh, I'm gonna need to get Connor Stallion. I mean, okay. L- l- last thing on this before we move on. Like, you're you're a whiskey or formerly a whiskey guy. I don't know if you're back into it or not yet. 
I'm formerly a whiskey guy. You go, you go back and forth in my eyes. Like you gave up tequila. You were tequila. You gave up tequila. Now are you back in on whiskey? When did I give up whiskey? Okay, I'm not alone in this. If we could bring Zach Hurth on here, you were you switched and you were strictly tequila, and then you went back to being a whiskey guy recently, I believe. I gave up tequila. I never gave up whiskey. That's what okay. you said. You 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 might not still be a whiskey guy, and I'm looking at you like I might not still be a whiskey guy. Okay, my apologies. Next time you get a beverage, instead of getting a whiskey coke or whiskey diet coke, just try whiskey ginger ale and let me and let me know your thoughts. Okay, okay, that's it. That's that. my challenge. That's my challenge to you. I can do that. Um, okay. Wow. I mean. We had to know this was coming in some form at some point in the episode, but I did not know that you were such a big ginger ale guy. I also did not know that I've carried around a tub of Vicks VapoRub through multiple state lines in the last year because that just hasn't happened. Let's move to the episode. Uh, we're going to start with the big game tonight. It was Florida Atlantic. It was Loyola. Uh, Florida Atlantic really got the better of Loyola the longer the game went on. Uh, I, For my daily picks, I was pretty loudly – uh, on the fact that I thought this was a trap spot. The entire country was backing Florida Atlantic. And I understood why. Like, I went into that game just on paper looking at it, thinking, like, there's a lot of reasons to bet Florida Atlantic here. But then I really did the gambler thing, the sharp thing, where I'm looking at every angle, and I'm like, 93% of the money is on Florida Atlantic. There's no way it's going to be this easy. Turns out it was kind of that easy. Uh, Elijah Martin did play. He played 25 minutes off the bench. He honestly looked horrendous. Um, no offense, Elijah Martin, but he he just wasn't himself. He looked like a dude who hasn't played a lot of basketball lately. He couldn't make a shot, and the shots he was kind of taking seemed a little forced in a lot of settings. So, um, anyways, Loyola, I, for people that don't know, I mean, we're huge fans of Drew Valentine on a personal level. Um, let alone a basketball level. I think historically we have always been very high on him. At one point we were loud that we wanted him to be Michigan State's future head coach. Um, new roster for them. They really rebuilt this after they were so, I don't even want to say bad. They were just struggling last year. I mean, they finished last in a, a brand new conference. They had the challenge of going up a level to the A-10. It didn't go well. He knew he needed to make changes. He made a lot of good ads in the offseason. Tonight they didn't look so great. Um, Greg Dolan was essentially the point guard. He finished with five points and one assist in this game. Braden Norris does not look like the guy he used to be played 35 minutes tonight, did not have a lot of production. So what was your impression of this game? Let's start from a Florida Atlantic perspective. Cause I think that no offense to Loyola and drew, but I, I think that is the thing that matters most in this game is, is Florida Atlantic for real or are they not the team that made the final four run and they just had a magical run? See, so I uh, I think I've actually flipped somewhat on Florida Atlantic. I, I kind of put it into this, uh, this regard. Um, you know how players or just people kind of sour on some guys like before they come in? Like I always do this. People really soured on Xavier Booker for some reason. I don't know. It was because like there was just so much time to sour on him from the time he committed to Michigan State. Like people in the fan base soured on Xavier Booker and it went from, oh, my God, we got this five star guy to, oh, my God, uh, we have a two year guy on our hands. Like I can't wait to see sophomore, junior Xavier Booker. I think the narrative flipped on FAU just a little bit too much that this team wouldn't be good again. Like, I think it was, it kind of became the 
the cool thing to be like, oh, FAU is not going to do that again. And honestly, like I was impressed in this game that with Elijah Martin, and I'm a big Elijah Martin fan, with how bad he played. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, uh, this was like a really, really tough game, to be honest. Loyola did not play well at all. I think they would admit that themselves. But the fact that they were able to basically dominate this game from start to finish without the play of their best player, I think to me points to the fact that on a night-to-night basis, FAU has a lot of dudes that I think can get them a win. Like if Elijah Mars is not playing well, John L. Davis can step up. If Davis isn't playing well, Martin can step up. If both those guys aren't playing well, shit, you got guys like Weatherspoon who played really good tonight in the starting role. You got Greenlee, you got Boyd, and then you got the big fella down low who honestly had the best game out of anybody tonight. He was a, uh, obviously he has his size at seven one to be a rim protector, and then he was finishing everything against a big on Loyola that just could not keep up with him. So. I was actually really impressed with the Florida Atlantic team. And I think that I need to take them a little bit more seriously because I was of the camp of, Oh, everyone's putting this team here uh, because of what they did last year. They were still one shot from losing to Memphis, a bad call from losing to Memphis and things like that. I think this FAU team deserves a little bit more respect than they're getting currently. I think that's fair. Um, I don't I still don't know where to land on it because I really do value like the analytics side of this equation. And I'm not saying like blindly follow Ken Palm like I Ohio State last year. I had a huge gripe with how high they kept ranking in that after seeing them in person. I'm like, this team is one of the worst teams in the country at the high major level. And I don't know. I think it's somewhere in between. I don't think Florida Atlantic's a top 10 team in the country. I just don't. Um I I didn't see that tonight, and I think this Loyola team has a lot to figure out still. I think if they played, just pulling names out of a hat, if they played Kentucky, if they played Tennessee, if they played those type teams that aren't like the best four teams in the country, but are in the top 10, I think they probably lose by 30 tonight, to be really? honest. Yeah. Okay, well, tonight. Yeah, to, what, tonight, how, how they played tonight. Tonight, yeah, I, and that's yes. I don't think Loyola played well at all. Like, if Loyola mm-hmm. played this exact game again, I think they would play better. But, like, mm-hmm. it, the performance Loyola gave tonight, I think any real top team in the country just beats them by 30. I mean, mm-hmm. that's – I don't know how – I kept looking up at the end of the first half, like, how is this a one-point game right now? Like, I mean, Loy, Loy, and look, Florida Atlantic, I don't think played great either. They turned it on late, but like I said, Elijah Martin is – at worst, the second best player on this team. He was not himself tonight. He's working his way back clearly. But that's something something to monitor, though. It is something to monitor. But I just, I don't know. I I watched Florida Atlantic tonight and felt like they missed a lot of open shots, which is why early it was a one-point game. Loyola couldn't even create a shot for the first Mm -hmm. 10 minutes of this game. And that is a credit to Florida Atlantic's defense. Um, I think Florida Atlantic will have a lot of success in conference play and when they play lesser opponents just doing what they do defensively. I mean, they take you completely out of rhythm for 40 minutes and for lack of a better term, they have that dog in them. Like (laughs) all these guys play aggressive. They play connected. They play together. Vlad golden is legit. Like if I'm picking out one guy from Florida Atlantic that I think is like a a dude, dude, I think golden is like, I think he could start at center on 95% 95% of the teams in the country and be really, really good. Um, mm. and, and Davis and Boyd are obviously good. They're dynamic shot creators who guard their ass off. Like the team's loaded. It's deep. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, to me, the the story of this game was more, I didn't understand what Lo- Loyola was even trying to do. To be honest, you called it out to me of like, 
last year, Ben Schweiger was one of their better players uh, on, albeit a bad team. He didn't play tonight. And I, if, I'll start with a positive for Loyola. I think they have a lot more depth, which probably speaks to why Schweiger didn't play tonight. Like, I think they added four or five guys that are better than the guys who were coming off the bench for Loyola last year. The problem is the way I interpret Loyola basketball right now is that they're just a team full of role players. And the good Loyola teams under Porter Mosier and with Drew on staff were all centered around a transcendent individual piece offensively. Crutwig was special. And even before Crutwig or with Crutwig, but when Clay Custer was one of the first options, he was good enough to go do things and you could play off of him. Right now, like Loyola, it kept coming down a late shot clock and somebody had to go one-on-one. They don't have players that can go one-on-one. They just don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't understand the Dolan point guard thing at all. Do you get why they're trying that? Yeah, no, I was very confused by that. And, you know, when you brought up the point that, like, who is the guy? If you go back to, like, two years ago, it was it was Braden Norris. Like, Braden Norris was a guy. We had him on the podcast, and we were talking about Braden Norris is the most underrated point guard in the country. That little, that little like, don't let that little pretty-eyed white kid fool you. That little mf is a, a killer. Like, he's a dog. And he just doesn't really seem to like have the rhythm, have the ball in this game. I was just, I was confused why the ball was even taken out of his hands. Now, obviously there's probably something going on. Maybe who knows, like maybe in practice, Dolan's a killer or something like that. Or in the exhibition games, Dolan was special. Who really knows? Dolan was actually a good player last year at the Ivy league level, but I will say this, and I don't want this to be taken as an excuse, even though it might sound like it, but when you take a step back and you look at it and you think about this, this, like you mentioned, is a team full of new players. And there's a big difference in, like, you're just going against guys in practice and going against each other and then playing in a real game with the first time with these guys. Like, I feel like maybe there will be a little bit more cohesion maybe in a couple more games and we can really judge them. And I know it sounds like an excuse, but at the same time, it's just – it is what it is. Like, there's a lot of new transfers, a lot of things going on. And whether you want to judge those transfers, actual talent and roles, I still think they need some time to play together. And this was like the first time really playing together. I think this is the hard part of the portal era for a lot of programs, though, especially at this level, is if you're going to go the grad transfer route, they don't have that time. Like I, I watched it happen with Michigan the last two seasons, right? Like, okay, Jalen Llewellyn's our ball handler. He's the only one, but he'll be good. He played at Princeton. He was an Ivy League guy. He's 24. He'll be good. No, nah, he was horrible. He was going to need three months if he was healthy. Like that, That's just what it was. Uh, even the year before, Devontae Smith got really, really good by the end of the year, but it took him three months. Like that's You don't have a lot of time if you are Loyola luckily Michigan had time the year before, like they could turn it on in whatever. And their resume was strong enough. If you're Loyola, you can't wait until halfway through conference play for two 24 year old Ivy league dudes that you just got to figure out how to play. Like I just, and I, I know it's harsh on Dolan, but like, I mean, man, I wasn't expecting this. We hadn't talked to this specifically, but I was not expecting Dolan to be their primary ball handler and move Braden Smith off the ball. Like he, they were asking him to be the engine tonight. 
And he was not capable of getting anywhere with the ball against Florida Atlantic's pressure. He just wasn't. So yeah. it set him up for failure tonight, at least. And I don't know what they do with that going forward. Cause I, he'll probably be better against less athletic teams, less good defensive teams and cohesive as a unit. But like, I, I don't know that that inspires confidence that like, that's your guy this year. Right. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. And, and also the the reason I brought up the like not playing together much is because it wasn't just like the the new guys coming in like the surface level stuff. It was and I I actually texted you when I was watching the game. Everything was so robotic. Everything was pass cut back door. Oh, he does this. I go back door, and at the same time, Florida Atlantic is denied, denied, denied. They're up in it. They're denying you that's a perfect time to attack off the dribble. Like right now they're putting all this pressure on you because they think you're scared to dribble and they think you're just going to pass it around and do handoffs and do things like that. And there was points in the game where guys like Austin and other guys like Watson were able to actually get to the hole, but then they struggled finishing over a seven, one guy, obviously, but that was the right play. There just seemed to be no attack to Loyola. It was just very robotic and just, it looked really bad. And that first five minutes was like, I was like, what are these guys, you know, it, they look like they never played with each other before. It was it was pretty bad. So, um, like I said, they play more together. They loosen up maybe a little bit. I just thought there was plays to be made, uh, but everything was just very robotic to me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm rooting for them, but I, I don't know. It did feel like it was a team who was a team that played together and had so much success all of last year versus a brand-new team. The problem for me – with that excuse for Loyola is that on paper, this team returned a ton cart. They returned 74% of their minutes from last year. Like why does this team feel so new? Well, it's because they replaced guys who played a ton last year with players. They think are better. Those guys weren't better tonight. They needed huge adjustment. So uh, I don't know. At, At the very least you can say absolutely unequivocally clear they have way more options like the the depth of talent on this Loyola team is a lot stronger than it was a year ago but until they figure out like who can be the guy that they play off of that's their engine and I think it it, maybe they want that to be Phil Alston like he he was the most aggressive guy tonight four for 12 from the floor uh finished with 15 let him in scoring but I don't know. I I'm, I guess I'm just not his biggest fan of his offensive game. Like, I know he's had good games, but he's definitely, like, huge steps behind the transcendent Loyola engines we've seen in the last 10 years. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it, it has to be Braden, but I don't know if it can be. I don't think it's going to be Braden. I just don't. I, and I think the staff knows that. Like, I, I don't think the staff's doing something wrong. I think they're trying to put Braden in positions to succeed by taking him off the ball and mm-hmm. having him be a spot shooter. But, like, yeah, that's the guy you're putting on the ball needs to be really dynamic. And at least tonight against a great defense, Dolan wasn't. So, all right. Uh, all in all, stock up Florida Atlantic in your eyes pretty significantly, though, after tonight. Yeah, I would say I would say I would say stock up. Yeah, for me. OK, yeah, I think that's fair, um, especially when they get Martin back, for sure. I mean, if, if they had healthy Martin going like he was in the NCAA tournament tonight, this is a much different game. Yeah, at, at the at the end of the day, like I think, even though it's a it's a cheat code to say it, like you already mentioned it. At least with the, this Florida Atlantic team, you're gonna have some dogs that you're gonna have some guys that are gonna battle. Yeah, it's gonna give you a good chance. And there's guys that are skilled too. They're not just like unskilled, just dog guys. Like they got guys with skill and they got some dogs. So like they'll be they'll they'll be something to be reckoned with this year. It's it's the, it's it's just whether 
you know, what level they reach exactly. We'll say this. Uh, it is impressive to me that Loyola had a run deep into the second half in this game. Like there, there were plenty of opportunities for this game to become a 20, 25 point deficit before the 10 minute mark in the second half. And they hung in like this was a cohesive team, even with the new faces, like they competed defensively, they competed on the boards and uh, gave themselves a shot. There was that huge, big, like basically flagrant push in the back that they gave the ball back to FAU and they got the and one and the free throws like that was that was the game. It was over. Yeah, that that, (laughs) speaking of that dude made me want to pull my hair out because like he was like hitting threes and then like making defensive plays at the same time, like doing flagrants, blowing layups and like some of his threes didn't look close. He was just like scaring me to watch. play. (laughs) Yeah, it was there were a few guys like that. Um, Hey, it's upward from here. And I do think Loyola will be competitive in conference play. You agree with me on that? Like, I, they're not yeah, going to last in this. No, they're not going. They're not going to finish last in the A ten. I can confidently say that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, go blurs, blur up. Is that a thing? Am I making Let's that up? Go blurs. There's no blur up. No big blur. Get blurry. I don't really you, like to make blurry. I don't really like to make blurry jokes right now. Do you have a why? Because my vision is failing me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Do you have a comment on any of the Loyola fans, the students that showed out? It seemed like you were impressed with the the student section in this game, a little home court advantage. Yeah, I do. They they really showed their their blur spirit. Get blurry. Let's move on. Michigan State uh, plays Southern Indiana tomorrow. More importantly to me than the game tomorrow is – Tom Izzo had another press conference. So, like, I feel like Michigan State fans are just going to be annoyed with the way I'm setting this up right now. So I really – I don't mean this from like a trolley perspective whatsoever, but uh, Izzo is just saying some fascinating things right now. He's really like – if this was a game of poker, he's really like aggressively over the top showing everyone that he's bluffing. Like he's just – he's sitting at the table like, I got aces – I have the aces. I will play aces, everyone. And then it's like time to show the cards. And he's holding like a seven, six, and he just keeps going back to the seven, six. Like I, he's adamant that there's going to be changes. He said, uh, I think the exact quote was controversy, right? He said, get ready for controversy. Uh, yes. He he was, he he asked a reporter basically like, oh yeah, I have to show who my starters are, what my what my players are three hours before game time for the gamblers, right? Well, mm-hmm. I don't have to show them how many minutes they're going to play, which is obviously a playful jab implying that there could be changes to his rotation, whether that's starting lineup or whether that's uh, who's going to play where. Sheehan had a good tweet, like, you're ready for 30 Nick Sanders minutes tonight. <laughs> so can I, can, I, can I give the exact controversy tweet? Yeah, please. Uh, or the comment by Izzo, it was, I don't know why three juniors and seniors didn't play well, but I don't care. I'll play some freshmen. Let the controversy begin. Let the controversy begin. I'll play freshmen. Let the controversy begin. Uh, let it begin, right? <laughs> I will name my firstborn controversy. Give me, give me controversy. I want controversy. Controversy, maybe, just maybe, might get us to the places and the levels that we want to go. Controversy might prove the Associated Press right. Controversy? 
might have us winning games against James Madison at home. So let's give controversy a go. This might be a little controversial, but I would be careful being the Michigan State head coach and running around saying, let the controversy start. Like We we don't want that. We don't want any more controversy from anyone. Very true. Very However, true. Did, in, did not it, think about that. In this setting, we do want controversy from you, Tom, from your little game where you're just bluffing that you're going to play your talented freshman. Like, I just, oh, man. Is it time for my Izzo rant? Is it time for the first one of the year? I haven't had one in a while. I was pretty praiseworthy after the loss. <laughs> Talk about it. Hold on, Greg. Is it time for my first one of the year? It's one game in. So does that mean I shouldn't do it yet? I got to wait? No, I know you can do it. Let's just not act like you've been holding off or something. <laughs> it's been a while. I, I don't think I ranted much like, the way the season ended last year and the offseason, like I really haven't said Izzo's done anything wrong in a while. Yeah, true. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, you did. You said you actually gave him his flowers for like the summer that he had and everything. And the losses thus far, like when people are trying to pin it on coaching right now, I'm like, it's not coaching. Like I, yeah. I don't really have any of that. This okay, is please. Here's my first Izzo critique in quite a while. Mm -hmm. He, The man's just lying. He's lying to all of you. And I, I don't think you guys are like – in general dumb like i think you guys are a pretty smart fan base for the most part like obviously so every fan base has its crazy people but like you guys can tell when things are wrong usually when it comes to michigan state basketball you've been around the block you've seen a lot of things and you're an educated fan base that knows how to win this guy's just straight up lying like why why first of all he's pretending he has all this intent to play guys that he clearly doesn't he he already has done this. He de he did this about Booker earlier this week. He said he was going to play him more than eight minutes. He pinned it on missing a shoot around, and then he played him less minutes. That was a lie, and it happened. And he's also just lying if he's acting like Jeremy Fears is going to seriously eat away at minutes. Like, oh, you made all these promises to get Jay Nakins back. You're not going to play him through mistakes, really. That's what we're going to do. Like. You just you can't have it both ways. You can't like do all these things to get guys back and then also immediately like call them out and tell Tyson Walker he played bad. You might bench it for Trey Holloman. Like it, none of this makes sense. Um, and my larger issue than just the fact that I think he is being deceitful in pretending he wants to play these guys is he's making it out like this is some crazy thing. Why? Why is it controversy? To play McDonald's All-Americans. Like you you are the coach at one of the best programs in the country. You just signed the second best recruiting class in the country on paper, according to people. This recruiting class is awesome. Everybody knows it. It's not controversial to play those guys. Like it's – and I don't know well, – well, well, no, it is. In what world? Like in his weird it, little it, upper peninsula no, world? No, in in the world that every Michigan fan is not the same. Every I'm sorry, every Michigan State fan is not the same. If, he, if there is a contingency of the fan base that might get upset if Xavier Booker plays more minutes than Malik Hall, there is a contingent of the fan base that believes that. Can't make everybody happy. Okay. One, can't they both play? Can't yes. they just both play? Couldn't we timeshare it the way they had did with center last year? Right. But like also this, like Greg, what are we doing? Like, what are we actually doing here though? Like what 
first of all, what coach doesn't lie? And two, like, what we know who we're talking about here is Tom Izzo. Is Tom Izzo in, no, in, in November from November to January? That man, low key, cannot be held liable for anything involving rotations or players on the team. He is just a different breed with the way he does things. And I honestly chose my mental health and mental well-being and stepped away from it and said he's just going to do this from november to january and then i can really blow a gasket about it if it's going deep into like february or something like that but this is just who this man is he's he's not all there sometimes in a good way i guess i would say like he's he's like an i don't know what the word would be like an enigma or something like that like he just has his way of doing things and I don't I don't really see it changing to be honest so I don't know it's fine I just like I I don't think we need to act like it would be like pulling off a heist to play Xavier Booker 15 minutes in a game that's what he's doing right like it wouldn't and also and also saying it before this game too like I just want to be unequivocally clear that the team we're about to play is one of the worst teams in the country yes uh yeah, which again, not controversial to like play Tyson Walker when he's hurt less than 35 minutes. That's not controversy. That's just yeah. what a good coach would do. <laughs> I would sit Tyson Walker in this game. If he's, I don't know, if, he, if he's hurt, actually, if he's not feeling 100%, I would sit him. Yeah, I, I'm very curious how many minutes he plays for sure. That's at the top of my list of things I'm curious about. Um, all right, call your shot. How many combined minutes do Cohen Carr, Xavier Booker, and Jeremy Fears play in this game? I think they all play at least 15 minutes. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm having a hard time with Fears and Booker with that. Like, isn't it? I guess Fears was at 12 last game, but like, I don't know. I don't know. That I mean, like Carr, Carr, was, Carr was already there, right? Yeah. Uh, fears has to play just a couple more minutes in a game that will probably be a blowout. And then Booker, I think like he's, I think he's just going to have a good chance to get minutes in this game because of, of the opponent just itself, honestly, just because the opponent. Okay. All right. Um, what do you want to see? Cause we, we don't need to just sit here and talk about his quotes in the press conference, even though I thought it was hilarious. What do you want to see? The, this is Southern Indiana. It's one of the worst teams in the country. You said it yourself. Uh, what's the one thing you're looking for most from Michigan State? Okay. Why I come up with this, can you also give me a, a quick Ken Palm ranking on uh on this team? Love Ken Palm rankings now. Do you, you care about Ken Palm now? I, I care about Ken Palm rankings. I've t- I've turned the corner. Selective, I love selective Ken Palm is crazy. All right, since you love him so much, your team's not ranked. Your team is 26th in the country. Nice. That sounds about right. <laughs> What do you want to call say? Me, call me selective analytics. Uh, they are 300, 333rd in the country. Ooh, they, okay. ju- they just lost a road game at St. Louis by only 12 points. Really? And I should think St. Louis is pretty good. So huh, that's saying something. Uh, I, I'm stealing this from you. I want to see the vets respond. I want to see them respond. But I'm also not as concerned about the response because – Part of the vet's response to me is that when the going gets tough, how do they respond? Like that's always been the thing for me with AJ Hogarth in particular, when things aren't going well, I just think he kind of crumbles in those situations when things are going great and he's talking shit and he's making passes and he's slapping the floor and he's got the crowd involved. Everything is gravy. 
But like, it can't be that way. If you're going to be the leader of this basketball team, you're going to be the point guard of this basketball team. That just can't happen. It, it just is what it is. Um, whether he wants that responsibility or not, that just is what it is. Uh, and outside of that, the easy thing I want to see, I want to see the young guys play. And I'd like to actually see the young guys play together. And I don't know if that's going to happen necessarily. Uh, I do think they're going to get their minutes, like I just stated. But I would also like to see what it looks like together um, in more like specifics. I'd like to see, uh, honestly, I'd like to see Tyson, um, Jeremy, Fierce, Jaden, Carr, Booker. I'd like to see what that looks like. And then when you bring in the subs to that, I'd like to move Booker to the four. Maybe put Carson Cooper at the five, leave Jeremy Fears and Colin Carr in there too. I want to see what that looks like as well. Um, but I just want those guys to get their minutes. Okay. So you know how obviously I'm a body language PhD, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever told you this or not, but did you know that while I was studying to get my body language PhD, did you know that I also have a master's in coaching psychology? I did not know. So I'd like to just peek behind the curtain of my coaching psychology hat for a little moment here. I'm Tom Izzo. Who do I think is the most important half of this team to win a national title? Do I think it's my freshmen or do I think it's my veterans? Am I in Izzo shoes? What does Tom Izzo think? I'm Tom Izzo in this exercise, but I know what Tom Izzo thinks. The answer to that question is it's either. I think, the Izzo, or the vets. I think Izzo thinks it's his vets. Izzo does think it's his vets, right? Okay. So mm-hmm. walk me through this. Tom Izzo believes that the veterans are the key to winning a national championship on this team. Tom Izzo's approach to getting his veterans going this week has been to threaten them publicly to say they played bad, to they, they to state facts. Well, they did. Tyson, I, I don't think Tyson was awful, and he was pretty pointed. Uh, the point is, I'm not trying to bash his over what he's doing. I'm just saying, like he's basically thrown his veterans under the bus this week. Is that fair to say? Mm-hmm. He's done that. Sure. I'm Tom Izzo, though. I'm one step ahead of everybody else. Everybody else is focusing on the fact that he's doing that. Tom's already one step ahead. Because he has two options in this game, right? Against one of the worst teams in the country. He can either play all the freshmen, huge minutes, or he can play all his veterans, huge minutes, the way he has been. Let's go down the path of both. What happens if he does each one? Again, his his goal is to prioritize his vets because they're the key to winning a national title, right? Like he wants, he needs, the, the vets are the important piece of this to him. If he plays all his freshmen in this game against one of the worst teams in the country, if Fierce Booker and Carr get 25 minutes each and Michigan State looks great, what does that do? Truthfully, I think that lets him know that those guys should get some minutes. It does. It also could be said, theoretically, it lights a fire under the vets. However, it exposes him to massive risk of his entire fan base and all his media and everyone in the world now coming out and saying all season long, we're better with the rookies. We're better with the freshmen, which is not what Tom Izzo believes. It's not what he wants anyone to believe. He wants his vets to be this team. Okay, but what if we actually are better with the young guys? You might be, 
And I think the the interesting thing will be you have five months, right? He doesn't need to have this formula figured out today. He doesn't. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. He just needs to get the right puzzle pieces on the court when you're in a one-possession game in the Sweet 16 in March. Mm-hmm. But I'm just – I'm approaching it – like Tom has one of two paths to choose. Either he can play the freshman, they look great, they win this game by 40, and then everyone around the Michigan State program is going to be like, we need more of that all season long. It's going to annoy the shit out of him. Or – he can just play the vets how he's been playing them, get a 35-point win with the vets, hopefully get them some confidence back because right now Malik Hall and A.J. Hogard look totally shattered without all of that, right? Like, it would get the fan base to reinforce in everybody's mind, oh, yeah, our vets are good, which mm-hmm. is kind of neat because even people who love this team and believe in the vets right now are like, Malik Hall stinks. Mike Sissoko stinks. This team stinks. So I think, like, this is a prediction. I could be wrong, but I think like as much as Tom is all publicly right now is throwing his vets under the bus. I think he knows deep down how critical it is to like make sure they look good in this game and they can't do it from the bench. Uh, actually. Okay. Counterpoint to this. And let me know. Let me know if you, you're, you're willing to meet me halfway on this. Madi and Malik will look better with reduced minutes like there won't be as much pressure on them because right now everything they do is kind of under a microscope with how they've been playing because they've been playing so bad if the freshmen play well that takes pressure off of his vets yeah i mean i can buy that i can buy it um i because because i because i actually came to this episode wanting to actually make this point and it kind of just was centered around what i just said I am not of the camp where I don't think, well, I think some people have gone so far left to like Malik shouldn't play. Malik should play on this basketball team. Like, let's not get it twisted. I'm not saying that he should play major minutes or something like that. Malik should, Malik Hall should have a role on this team. I think the role should be reduced because you have other, other guys that could help him. or I don't know, kind of help him. Cause right now I think he's broken and I don't think force feeding him 30 minutes a game is going to unbreak him. I think he needs to take a step back. And I also think the makeup of Malik Hall and Mighty Sissoko, as far as like their role in the team, who they are as players, I don't think that their minutes getting reduced would necessarily like sour on them. Like I would be worried if AJ got his minutes cut because he would throw a hissy fit. I don't think Malik and Mighty would. So I think, it, honestly, I think it's, it's a little bit easy. It's a kind of a layup for Izzo in this case because he can cut their minutes and play the young guys without upsetting the vets' minutes that he's cutting. Like it seems pretty simple to me. I hear you. I the only thing I would push, but I don't know. Yes, Malik Hall should play. I don't think he deserves anything more than like Brandon Johns' minutes right now. And you can define that. Can, however can you? you want can you, you? I need you to define that for me, minutes wise. <laughs> The only time Brandon Johns was ever useful in his basketball career was when he was playing like eight minutes a game. That's it. You think eight? Who's playing in front of him in those livers? Good players, but come on. <laughs> like, there's good players in the Michigan State front court. Colin Carr should play. Colin Carr should play 32 minutes in games that matter. He's that good. Yeah, I agree with that. No, I, I know what you're saying. I will. I consider like eight to ten minutes a game a role on a team. Okay. 
I I feel like most people would be like a roll is like 20 minutes off the bench. No, okay, no, 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 no. But that would still be a step down, right? Like he's been I mean, I know he's, he's been, been playing 20 D, minutes. He's, but... he's been damn near 30 minutes a game. Right. But so that step one would be like come off the bench and play 20 minutes, then maybe step two by March is even less. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. All right. And and and, and the pitch there is like things are going well. Like we're we're winning, we're playing well. Like you could be a part of it in a lesser role, but like, you know, you could be a part of and like let's say we start winning and all these things are going well. And like in the eyes of Michigan State's fan base, like he become like he would become way more endeared, I think, than he is now. Maybe like it, it, the, the narrative would be Malik Hall takes a step back to let the other players flourish, but still contributes when he can. Like that would be the narrative. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, all right, I've had my head still in Tom Izzo mode ever since I did that exercise. I'm terrified right now, honestly. Like I'm about to start playing the accordion and cussing out my own players so can we can i put my own head back on please okay uh if you were you who would you start in this game who would i start who's the start who's the first five players on the floor for you carter elliott coaching michigan state in this game aj hogard tyson walker jay nakins colin carr carson cooper Coop. Okay. Okay. Uh, can I answer as me? Mm-hmm. Same group, except I'm benching AJ and I'm putting Jeremy Fears in the game. Not mad at that. It's only a three minute stint. He's coming right out after, th- but this is like a message benching to AJ and Malik and Mahdi. So my same group, but oh, oh, so you're, oh, okay. My apologies. I took that as you're saying the same starting group as last game, but you're just taking no. AJ out. No, I. So I would do it this way, and back. This is kind of back to me pretending I'm his own too. I would do it this way. I would send the message that he's been threatening to send in front of a microphone a thousand times this week. I would send the message by not starting those three guys. The vets that he's upset with are AJ Hogard, uh, Madi Sissoko, and Malik Hall. Obviously, you're not going to bench Tyson, especially when he's hurt, right? So mm-hmm. bench those three guys. Insert Carson Cooper because he's closer to playing than Xavier Booker is. Insert Cohen Carr because he's been great. Insert uh, Jeremy Fears because I like him more than Trey Holloman. If Izzo does this, he'll do Trey Holloman and not Fears. But if it were me, I would do Jeremy Fears. And the message is just starting. That's it. I think after the first four minutes of this game, those three check in. They probably play harder than they did in the first game. And then the rest of the game, you play the normal rotations you've been doing. You don't mess anything up until garbage time. But get Hall Hogard still their 28 minutes in this game. Just have them do it off the bench and send the message that way. That's what I would do. Wouldn't be mad at that. What do you think the a percentage chance is that he does that? I think there's a non-zero chance. I do. I think this is like I, – I mean – my brain's wired so different than him. I'm probably way off base, but I think there's like a 33% chance. This is the end result. I like that number. That was straight out of the Greg Waddell coaching bag, by the way, whenever I had someone like mess up something in school, when I was coaching JV basketball, it was like, Oh yeah. Like I'm, I'm on your ass. You're coming out. Like you're wait for this punishment. And then 
with six minutes left in the first quarter, he was back in playing the full rest of the game. <laughs> I love it that. Works. It works. Love that, love that mentality. People love to start, man. Basketball players love to start basketball games. Is that everything with you? Yeah, starting was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Like my like my freshman year, I played more minutes than the starting center. But the fact that like he got to start over me had me livid. Yeah. I don't know what the psychology is of that, but like I think there are players out there who would like to play less minutes if it meant they were starting for real. I think we might have to like raise a poll on Sleeper's <laughs> Twitter about that. I'd be interested to see the results. It could be fun. Okay, final topic tonight. Do you want to guess what this final topic is? Because I didn't tell you. Uh, build the perfect college basketball player. Ooh, that's a fun one. You should do that next week. You want to do that instead? <laughs> Just kidding. No, I can't, no, no. You put way too much. In. I like you took your time to get this game in order, this exercise. So I, I, I enjoy these. Do you invest? In, like invest money? Yeah. Like, are you an investor? Do you play the stock market at all? Uh, a little bit. Like nothing crazy. Like I'm not. I, I ain't buy Mel Tucker's NFT. Okay, good to know. I'm actually I'm very glad of that. There was a time I thought you were all over that. So that's that is so disrespectful. We're not going to break that down right now, but please get into the game. But just know I'm taking a mental note of that. That was so out of pocket that I said there was a time I thought you would buy his NFT that there's a time where you consider that I would buy an NFT. There was absolutely a time like you hit the group chat with like, this is sick for sure. Hell no. I can picture the text. Okay. Anyways. There's a better chance that happened than me with Vicks Vapo Rub in Nebraska for sure. Uh, <laughs> okay. The point is stock market. I want to, I want to play stock market college basketball. So yeah. I have, I have 10 takes or things that were said either publicly or on our program leading up to the season that now one week into the season, seeing some things that we've seen really four days, not even a one week, four days into the season, we've seen enough to say, would you buy stock in this? Would you hold stock in this? Would you sell stock in this? And mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to go like full economy mode because I am also not a stock market guy. That's just not my game. I'd rather bet on sports. Uh, I do want you to put some thought if you were like actually an investor in this. I don't mm-hmm. want you to just say sell if you don't think it's going to happen. It's got to be like, oh, this might be a good time to sell high because it looks really good right now. And maybe I'm a little skeptical. It's going to keep looking good. So that's the game. College basketball stock market. I have 10 things. We're going to start with number one. Zach Eady to win the national player of the year. Would you buy, hold, or sell stock that Zach Eady wins national player of the year? Ooh. I'm going to, I'm going to sell this. I'm going to sell this because I'm going to sell high on this. I just, I don't know. It's something about Purdue and the way they've been playing so far, where it just seems like they're not as maybe, or they're trying to show they're not as centered around just ED or something like that. Or they're trying to make sure that they're prepared. Kind of like I said before the season, they're more prepared for March and other things instead of just the big 10. Also like looking around the country, like there's some teams that are, I think some guys are going to put up some really good numbers. Like if I could buy stock in a player of the year coming from Creighton, I might do that because that offense is that fun. And I think that those guys are going to put up numbers and they're going to be successful. So 
not as much as a slight to Zach Eady, but I'm going to sell this because I feel like it's selling high. Right there with you. Right now, I have his actual odds at DraftKings. He's plus 175 to win the Wooden Award. The closest one to him is Kyle Filipowski, plus 800. Hunter Dickinson is plus 900. Baycott clinging down at 16 and 18 to 1. Then everybody else is a long shot here. Uh, I'm absolutely selling high on this. I think you nailed this before the season, quite frankly. I don't think Purdue's going to play him a lot. I, I just don't think they're going to play him a lot. Like the 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 very first game of the season was like the quietest Zach Eady game I've seen in forever. And he still was fantastic. Don't get me wrong. Like he, he was absurdly productive. Any game Purdue wants him to, he can get you 35 and 15. I just don't like last year. They wanted him to do that against cupcakes too. It was like, Oh, we might have the national player of the year on our hands. Let's cook him up this year. They don't care about that at all. This Purdue team has zero interest. And I don't even like, I'm sure Zach Eady would take the award. I don't think Zach Eady had fun at the ESPYs. <laughs> I think I think Zach Eady doesn't want this anymore. He just wants to get healthy and prove everybody wrong when the tournament gets here. So let's sell high because I think like three weeks from now that's going to be like plus four hundred. Yeah, I I I agree on that. And also like uh, the rabbit Braden Smith, I think is going to have a bigger year, and he could take a little bit off of Zach Eady. Like Zach Eady does not have to do it all. Meant to say this when we were talking Braden Norris also, but how much of Braden Norris's fall is the fact that he's no longer the best Braden in college basketball? That's that is that is definitely a thing. It's gotta be part of it. All right, number two for my stock market game. I got ten of these. Number two. Michigan State to win the national championship. Not to make a final four. I'm talking to win a national championship. Are you buying, holding, or selling? I'm I'm gonna hold my stock. I'm going to hold my stock until I one see what the see what it looks like if the young guys get more run because I think that is the key to unlocking the ceiling of this team and that's also uh not to see what they look like it's to see if it even happens because like you said uh, we we went to what would Izzo think and I think Izzo wants to lean on his vets and let's see how long that goes uh but I'm going to hold on to it because there still is the possibility there for this team i think okay i agree there's still the possibility um i think this is either a buy or a hold although i guess you could theoretically sell because they're still valued as like a top 10 team and if you think they're just going to totally bottom out now would be the time to sell uh i i'm gonna buy i'm gonna buy i don't know for sure that there's gonna be a time later this season where their stock gets lower than this like i I think they're beating Duke next week. I said it already. So if if they come out and beat Duke, like the stock's not getting lower than it is after just losing to James Madison. Yeah, their stock is extremely low right now. Extremely low. So good move by you to buy. Honestly, a little upset I didn't buy. Yeah, I don't know what uh I don't know what the actual numbers are. I'm not gonna look it up because we're not just doing this based off betting odds. But I will uh I will buy stock in Michigan State to win the national title right now. I'll buy low. Number three. The Illinois Fighting Illini will make the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. This was a real take that I had when we did our bold predictions episode. feel pretty good about it right now based on what we've seen from Illinois. They look like a good basketball team. They look like a great locker room. Would you buy, hold, or buy? Buy. Buy a lot. You're buying high? Yeah, I'm buying high because I truly believe it. Even though it's high, I believe that I I bought a good amount low where I feel all right. I want to buy some more high. I think this team's going to do it. Do you think their stock gets higher than this? Like, do you think they're going to work their way up to like top 10 in the country at some point? 
I think they'll flirt with it. Yeah. Okay. Cause I, I feel like in order to buy, you need to believe like this will be a top 10 team at some point. It, can I buy and still say be like a top 15 team? Yeah. That's fine. I see. I see that more. Not necessarily an investment I would advise, but it's okay. It's your money. Uh, what an up and down week for me in Illinois Nation, huh? Like, <laughs> like some great moments, some some nasty moments. A lot of love is the where I'm coming to at this very moment. I'm coming off a lot of love from a lot of kind people. I'm selling Illinois to make the second weekend. I, mm. uh, I mean. I'm not just going to rehash the words, but like Illinois is looking really good right now. Right. Yeah. They're looking, they're looking really good. I think it makes sense to sell Illinois stock while they look really good. Maybe they'll look better. Like maybe they'll keep climbing their way up for a little bit, but um, I think, I think now would be a decent time to sell is what I'm saying. Like Dre Gibbs Lawhorn just had an explosive best player on the court game. I think that's a good time to, to sell if you're holding a lot of Illinois stock. So uh, I'll stick with that. Still, still like them a lot. Still already got value on my bet of saying they'll make the sweet 16. Now I'm just ready to cash out and take the profits instead of take the risk. That's all I'm saying. All right. Respect. Number four, Tyrese Proctor, first team, all American. Everybody told us this kid was breakout superstar. He has not been great through one Duke game. He didn't look like the superstar. Flip was everything for that team. Are you buying, holding, or selling Tyrese Proctor, first-team All-American? I'm going to hold on to that. I'm going to hold on to it for this reason, this reason only. I think the way that Duke is going to play this year, Duke is going to remain in the top five in the country all year long. It also seems that Tyrese Tyrese Proctor's play is graded on a curve. So if this team remains top five and he plays okay, I think he will. He could find his way onto first team All American list. Okay. I think I'm with you. I think it's the first one we like truly agree on. I will hold this stock. Uh, now, with that said, don't believe there's any chance this happens. Like any chance. So I'm looking to sell at the very first moment that he has a good game. But I, like, I has, when, like the first week that he wins ACC Player of the Week, you're yeah. selling your stock immediately. And I don't I'm know when you. that I'm is. With, I'm, I'm with you on that too, by the way. Yeah. I'll also, might not happen. Might not happen. Just might might still be the third best player on this team, like he was for most of last season. Yeah. Or Judah Mintz is winning that award. I don't know. Just saying. I don't see it, man. He wasn't even like looking to score like crazy in this game. And I, I know it's more like passing stuff with him, but. He not. I don't. I don't see it. He just looked like another dude out there. McCain looked really good, honestly. All right. Uh, number five, buy, hold, or sell. I'm gonna say this one in quotes because this is other people said this to me. This is the quote: "The Big Ten's so much better this year." Are you buying, holding, <laughs> or selling that the Big Ten is better? I'm buying. I'm buying oh, on this. On. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm buying on this. You're you're not buying the take though. You're buying stock. Like you're buying like this is the low moment and it's going to look better. Yeah, I'm buying that this is a low moment and the big time is going to look better. So I think we're getting we're getting moments right now from the teams that maybe weren't supposed to be as good or held in higher regard, 
And then there's some teams like Michigan State and Rutgers and Ohio State and even Maryland in some circles that are technically letting the Big Ten down in quotation marks and having people say like the Big Ten stinks. We're just seeing it earlier this year. So I'm going to buy. I think it's at a low point right now, and I will buy. Okay. Um, I guess I'm going to hold. I because I don't think you can sell and make a profit on this right now. It's very low, right? But I am. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking like might just be time to take the L. Might just be time to like cut the losses and admit as a conference this conference is stinky. Because like I don't, I don't have the energy to do it this year. I think I kind of did it at times. Like I don't have the energy to like dance around and pretend Indiana's really good. I don't. Uh, I like I think Michigan's good. Maybe that could carry some weight. I think Wisconsin's better than people thought, but like. I haven't really been impressed with anybody other than Michigan and Wisconsin in the middle of the pack. Obviously, Illinois looks good, but I'm talking like the the true middle of like Iowa, Rutgers, obviously the teams at the bottom, Nebraska, Penn State, Minnesota look horrendous. Like I, Nebraska looked okay in the first game. Actually, they look good, but I just I don't I don't see this at all with the middle of the pack this year. I don't. I think everybody got worse. I, I feel very confident buying. But, is that because you still think Ohio State's going to be really good somehow? Mm-hmm. They looked so bad against Oakland, man. So bad. How many How many Big Ten teams are in the Sweet 16 this year? Zero. Zero. I just wanted to see your reaction if I said zero. <laughs> okay. Like if over under at like uh, it's, uh, over under two and a half. Under. Under two and a half. Under. Okay, I put my whole bankroll on over. So who's the third? You'll you'll take the two elite teams, or well, the one elite team, the one you think is very good team, and then you're putting money on either Brad Underwood or Phil Martelli or Greg Gard. I like how you slip Martelli in there. A little is bit that what we're doing? Is that like <laughs> who's who's the guy you're buying as the third guy? I am buying one of the one of those people that we put in that tier as lock tournament teams to make it to the sweet 16. Okay. I mean, Doug's pretty good. <laughs> I don't hate that. Uh, Prince, Princeton made a sweet 16 last year, brother. Take it's take time. I think the exact number of second weekend teams in this conference is two. I also feel incredibly strongly. One of the two is not Purdue or Michigan state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the take. Do you that's have any like fo- Do you have any follow up questions, or would you like to move on? That, yeah, that, I have no follow up on that. I think that's an absolutely awful take, and both those teams will make it to the Sweet Sixteen. There's questions with both, as we know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for uh, sure. I I'd like to flesh that out on a future episode, maybe later this week. I, I think that's okay. a, that might be my favorite take of the year that I've had right now. I really <laughs> like that take. Uh, okay, number six. It's a good Riley Davis one shot out bluffs. Your take coming into the season was that North Carolina will win the ACC. Are you buying, holding, or selling that take? I'm I'm gonna have to sell that, even though it's low. It's not that low, though, because they ended up winning by, like, what, 16? Yeah, but I am going to sell it because I don't feel great about it. I don't feel as great as I did. Why not? Uh, one one's not one is not their fault, actually. Uh, 
Flip got a new body and it's better. And that scares the shit out of me. Um, and the rest of that team is really good. And I've also come to grips with the fact that I'm scared of Don John Shire. I wasn't before. I am terrified of John Shire. Yeah. Shire's so, really good. He's really good. Yeah. So like I'm yeah, so I'm selling. He's really good. Uh is there any chance like when we say like Flip got a new hip, that was it, right? Mm-hmm. When Flip got a new hip, like whose hip did he get? Like, is there, there any chance there's like a get out situation going on here? How so? Just like a, I don't know. Like, I feel like if there was one like creepy program that would have access to like hips, black market hips, I feel like, isn't that a thing that could happen? Like, where did, where did Flip just get a new hip from? Like you talking about like from a formal Duke player just like gave up his hips? Yeah, like did Justice Winslow just give Flip his hip? And we like I don't know where Justice have you seen Justice Winslow in a while? Wait, hold on a second. You might be cooking with does did Flip get Jaleel Okafor's hip? It's kind of where I'm headed with this. Like I I just want an investigation into this. Great hips on Okafor. Great hips don't Pause. come every day nowadays. Uh, yeah. All right, I'm with you. I will sell North Carolina to win the ACC. Uh, I I think this is going to get lower and quickly, potentially, throughout the season. So I'll sell. Number seven, we discussed this one together. USC, best backcourt in the country. Looked great in game one. If you weren't wanting to hold on to this stock, this would be a very good time to sell high. I'm going to sell high on this. I'm going to sell high on this because I think that one, it's extremely high right now. And it's less my faith in Boogie Collier and Boogie Ellis. It's more so like I got, I got faith in like the Creighton backcourt and I still got faith in the Michigan state backcourt and shit. I even think UConn has got a nasty backcourt. I got a, I got, there's a lot of good backcourts in the country. There are a lot of good backcourts. Uh, our Creighton is great. Steven Ashworth looks really small. Mm-hmm. Did you know he was that small? Yeah, I did. I, I did some deep dive research. I didn't know he was that small when we defined our Creighton. As our mm-hmm. Creighton. In my head, he was mm-hmm. like 6'3". Um, no, he can't be. He can't be. Like, he can't be NBA Creighton. Yeah. So, hmm. Okay. I'm upset. Like I'm personally hurt that you're selling Boogie Collier stock after one. Yeah, it, hurt, it, it, hurt, it hurts me too, but I think that, it's a smart financial move. But that, that I feel like that's like the guy who like got out of Apple stock too early. That's what <laughs> I feel like you're doing right now. I, uh, yeah, I'm going a different route. Probably just told you what I'm going. I am buying more stock. I'm buying, mm. buying, buying. I'm scooping. I already have a lot of stock in this take. I'm going on Craigslist. I'm making phone calls personally. I'm doing whatever I can to get any more stock I can. This is the no-brainer best backcourt in the country. Boogie and Boogie. Uh, there's substance to it, though, because last year Boogie Ellis was really good in like a non-substantial way, which showed in the NCAA tournament, right? Like He was just a bucket getter that got buckets after 11 p.m. Eastern and then bowed out quickly when he played a really great backcourt. Here's the thing. Boogie Collier doesn't let that happen boogie collier is like tough grind you to the core of the earth's crust like this guy 
I love him. I think he's tough. I think he has a great IQ. I think he's going to make Boogie Ellis so much better with the way that he plays. And uh, I, yeah, I think it's a no brainer. I think this is like De'Aaron Fox, Malik Monk esque backcourt to me. Wow, I like that. I mean, it hurt me to sell it. It's like I said, it's not much to do with them. It's I respect the other backcourts in the country. Got it. Yeah, thank you. Uh, okay, let's move on. Number eight, three more takes coming here. Indiana will miss the NCAA tournament. Oh, I, I kind of want to buy more. Did you already? Oh, oh yeah, we're talking miss. Sorry, I thought you meant like buy as in you're buying the Hoosiers back in for a second. You want to no, buy more no. that they're out. Yeah, and I don't think I had any before. I'd like to buy some. <laughs> I'll sell you some of mine. <laughs> want to do a little transaction? Yeah, would you like to sell some of yours? So I, I would say I probably had like 100 shares of Indiana. <laughs> 100. I think I will sell – I'll sell you 40% of my Indiana to miss the tournament shares. I'll take those. Okay. You're going to have to pay a price, though, because I already made a profit after one. People saw <laughs> that first half in Mackenzie Mbaco, and people were like, yeah, that guy's right. Uh, okay. Fun one there. <laughs> what what percentage would you put on this to happen, actually, though, right now? Uh, it, it's probably uh, – Honestly, it's not as high as you think because, like, I actually think Khalil Ware being who he is in that first game, like, that's gonna that's gonna do things for them. Uh, so I'd put it at like twenty percent, fifteen percent chance, maybe. Okay, I'm still high. I think it's like 40, 45 maybe. Okay. Uh, honestly, maybe more than that. I think I'm being generous <laughs> to Indiana right now. Two more takes. Texas, the Longhorns. A reminder here, in case you forgot, Cart. I know you've been drinking tonight. We both like Texas. We both have Texas in our final four, actually. That's how much you and I both like Texas. Uh, mm. Are you buying, holding, or selling the Texas Longhorns to make the final four this season? I'm buying more. What'd you like in game one? We haven't talked about Texas yet. So what I actually, what I like about it is that they're not at full strength, and I think that people are souring on them. Uh, with Dylan DeSue in the fold, Dylan Mitchell can play better. Caden Shedrick at full strength. I like this team with the backcourt that they have. Like Acemas, people forget. Like, yes, I think he had one bad tournament run last year or just like in the in the Summit League. I don't think he played that well in the tournament. When Acemas got into March, that little, that little dude was a killer. Like, he has that. He could have a bad season and just get him to March, and Max Acemas can get you to a final four. So I would like to buy some more, please. Okay. I'm going to hold. I was on this with you preseason, obviously. And yeah, I don't feel like we've seen anything notable yet. I am not eagerly awaiting the return of Dylan DeSue the way that you are. I know he's a good, solid player. Um, He will make an impact, but I don't think he's a needle mover either way. So let me, uh, let me hold. Just wait and see. It's about Hunter and Acemas to me. And I don't think we fully know yet. We got to see final take. This is the wildest thing that I said on our program this offseason. Michigan will go further in the NCAA tournament than the Kansas Jayhawks. When I said that, I think you honestly called my wife to like check on me. 
Mm-hmm. Like there was you, there was like a jaw hit the floor. Like Greg, come on, you're going too far. This is clickbait. Well, now we're one game of the season. Doesn't look that crazy. Kansas looks good, but Michigan looks good too. Are you buying, holding, or selling the stock? In my take, that Michigan will go further than Kansas. I'm selling. Why? They they're not. Could. They could. They will not. Looks better than it did a week ago. One might say, but it still gets to the same destination. They will not. It's like on Waze or Google Maps when you could take a different route sometimes. Always gets to the same place. They will not. Let's just say hypothetically here, Kansas is a one seed and Michigan is an eight seed. They meet in the round of 32 in Duluth, wherever Duluth is. Minnesota. Minnesota. What's the line on that game? Kansas minus Kansas minus 11 and a half. Hammering Michigan plus 11 and a half in that game. Okay. That I'm doing I'm doing more than sprinkling money line. Okay. I want Kansas. This was just an all an elaborate ploy for me to say, I want Kansas. I want to look the camera in the eyes. I want Bill Self to see this. I want everyone in Lawrence to know that we are not afraid of y'all, okay? And your your little cute little Nick Timberlake shh, three for three from three in game one was cute. That was cute for sure. Uh, we want y'all, okay? I want y'all. I want y'all now. I want y'all later. Kansas, Michigan with the season on the line. Let's see who shows up. I want it. You know how you put your Izzo hat on earlier? Yep. I'm going to put my my Braden Turner hat on. Shout out to my guy, Braden. Everything that Michigan did in game one was cute, too. Just like you said, that Nick Timberlake game was cute. Everything you did was cute, too. You got one killer. We'll see. You have one killer in Kansas this year. You have one killer. I got two. You have one killer. I got two. You have one. I got two. You have one. I got two. We'll see. I'm uh if it's not clear, I'm buying more stock of that take. I think it's a fantastic okay. take. Fantastic. Uh, I hey. there's I'm selling every morsel if I even had it because I didn't have it before, but any morsel of stock that I have, I am selling that. It's not like I haven't hit some takes before though, Cart. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You ain't hit everyone though. Like if there was a guy out there who like maybe had a thing for some takes coming true. I don't know. Just saying. It's happened before. Yeah, it has. It's happened before. That All one right. will not. Did you like my game tonight or no? I did love it actually. That was a fun game. It's a fun thumbnail. Yeah. One big thing presented by Bigby. What's your one big thing? Uh, my one big thing is shout out to my dog, Ulamog. I know you don't want to see me live react on this podcast, but I just got to say this. Arizona State stinks. <laughs> they stink. That's a bad basketball team. Yeah, it was a really bad bet. Uh, I'm now back-to-back nights. I've had winning nights, and then the final play just like prevents what could have been a really good night into being a horrible night. Frankie Collins also isn't doing a thing. By the way, like, can I? Yeah, I can't get sixteen points, rebounds, assists from you, Frankie. Come on. Yeah, that that's. Ins- I I need guy. When you get to this point of the episode, I need UConn Hurley as Giannis, and I need Arizona State Hurley as Thonis or Thonisis, whatever his name is. 
That's actually very good. I kind of like that we just get to like hide little moments for Guy to find, and then he makes yeah. graphics. That's a really fun thing. Shout yeah. out to Guy. He did a great job with the graphics today. Um, okay, my one big thing. This is a definitely a switch up. Uh, just want to say, I love Olivia Rodrigo. It's got hits. Not afraid to say it. I think uh, I'm about to say a hotter take than the takes I've spewed, Cart. Meg. Queen, if you're listening to this, this would be the time for you Ooh. to turn this program Ooh. off. Ooh. Olivia Rodrigo is who Swifties think Taylor is. Okay. My wife is the least part of your worries. If this actually got to actually real Swifties, you need to make sure you hide everything about your life. They will destroy you. I'm not wrong, though. I mean, Olivia Rodrigo's got what two albums? Yes. Okay, so I guess you're buying stock on Olivia Rodrigo right now. Ha ha! Full circle. Yes, Olivia. Uh, you've seen Taylor Live? Yeah. Good show. Yeah. It was okay, right? It, it was fire, honestly. I haven't heard you talk about it much. I mean, uh, why would that come up in conversation? I haven't heard you talk about it in one big thing presented by Big B. We talk every day. We talk for an hour and forty minutes a day. If not more, mm-hmm. I haven't heard you talk about it much. I, there's other things I'd rather talk about. I haven't heard you talk about the way that I've been talking just about YouTube videos that I've been loving of Olivia because Olivia is fantastic. She's great. I mean, her live performances, I, I encourage you to watch them all. The BBC Radio one, fantastic. Tiny Desk, live from a library. Mm, it's beautiful. My daughter loves it too. She likes it more than Bluey. That's impressive. Shout out Murph. I mean, it, it, what I'm not going to do is somehow come across as like a Taylor Swift defender. If you think Olivia is better than her, that's I'm completely fine with that. I do not care. You think she's better than Drake? No. No. Okay, then. We're well, good. We're, we're solid. Current form? Yeah, current form. Current form. It, this would be like comparing like, I got to think of the right comp. The Why one are you I gonna have. say? Well, aren't you gonna say like year twenty one Braun to like, I don't know, Jokic or something? That That's actually say? a lot better than what I was gonna say because I was gonna say like Celtic Shack. So I'm glad. I'm glad we went oh. year twenty one Braun. It's yeah. It's it's year twenty one Braun against like honestly like year two Brandon Jennings. <laughs> Okay. Like you shouldn't, you should never compare Brandon Jennings and LeBron. You should never compare. But like Brandon Jennings, I, okay, pretty yeah. great. We got to end this episode because I know where this is really going. Where's it going? It's 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 something you're not gonna want to hear. What? You want to know who Olivia Rodrigo is? It's not focused. I can't see anything. Oh, no. I saw it. I saw it. No. No. I'm betting all money that Olivia Rodrigo's third album's a flop. She's Austin Reese. She's Austin Reese. Can you cut your nails tonight, please, by the way? Come on, Cart. My nails aren't long. What are you talking Come about? On. Come on. We're a, we're, we're a hygiene program. They're not long. I we're just a got a, I just got a manicure. That left hand ring finger has some issues. Are you dead? I think do you maybe your vision is bad. Like, come on, bro. What are you talking about? We're gonna again, we're it just it's a family show, you know? 
It's a family show. All right, that was the Sleepers Podcast. We'll be back on Friday with Riley Friday. I'm warning everybody that made it this far in the episode right now. Probably not many, to be honest. We were on some bullshit tonight. Uh, I'm warning everybody. We're recording this in the morning with Riley or without Riley. We're recording this in the morning regardless. So sorry, on Friday, you're getting a later episode is what it is. Love you all. We'll see you tomorrow.